It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime! Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. And James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience about the power of stories. In this episode 187 of the Effective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Story time. Story time. I like stories. There's so many. How about, do you guys like that people say, like, oh, yeah, it tells a really good story, like when people are seeming uh, very pretentious? You ever hear that? Not today. I've never, outside of movies, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say like, oh, tell me a good story. Like, you don't think you know, people, people creatively sometimes overuse that, oh, I'm a storyteller. Oh, st- such a storyteller you are. No? No, I don't know. I in hear movies, yes. In the archetypes of movies, yeah. But I don't know about. In real life. Yeah, I hear it. I hear it in sales that people say that. Like, oh, what a good story. You okay. Know? And then it's like, okay, bro, you're not Steven Spielberg. <laughs> you well, know, oh. one of those. Yeah. It's like, all right, take it down a notch, Spielberg. My wife's um, a storyteller. Right? She, uh, at night when she gets home from work, she tells me about her whole day, like minute by minute, and the emotions she went through came it and how she prayed to God it's quite remarkable and then if like she'll tell it to her mom first if her mom's here then if I walk in the door after her she'll tell the whole story all over again and then she'll do it with her dad too it's remarkable that she can do that and it's like 20 minutes long each time and like what one day a week she throws me in there as well yeah really she just likes doing it and so it's just my job to listen sometimes I'm like um, can you just give me the short version? <laughs> <laughs> the cliff notes. Do you say that? You don't say that to her. I have, but I usually <laughs> it's fun because she's animated when she tells her stories and she gets she like relives the emotions and she's wow. like, and then I felt so angry, James. And then I prayed to God and everything was okay. And I realized that this person was just very sensitive and <laughs> stuff like that. That's outrageous. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. As, as the kids say, I love that for you. Oh, God. <laughs> what? I, that's such a passive aggressive comment. Yeah, that's like, ble- bless your heart. I've, yeah. I've recently heard that at um, my new restaurant I work at. There's this girl I just met, and I told her, she's like, where are you coming from? I was like, well, I was at Flying Fish, and she said, oh, I love that for you. And I was like, okay. Yeah. We had you a know, com- and she kept saying it. And I was like, what is mm-hmm. this? That's and it. I, that and vibe. You have to say everything's a vibe. It was weird. But I I, I didn't feel any aggression or passive aggressiveness. <laughs> I just thought it was 
it was just that odd way to talk. Yeah, and the the other term that's really popular is bet. So if somebody goes, oh, "I'm so hungry," bet, 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 <laughs> bet. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. See, now if we didn't teach them anything else today, that's what we taught you. So you can, you know, oh, back in back. You. It's kind of like when they say, "Ah, oh, yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it." And it's bet. like, ah, oh, bet. Yeah, I love bet. that for you. That means Honestly, like that's a vibe. Brain. It's a vibe. Uh, Dennis, you came up with this topic, so why don't you talk about the last seven days first to get us going. Last seven days. Um, I don't know. Right after the meeting last week, while we were at lunch, I got a text from my sister, found out my brother's in jail again. Oh, no. So that sucks. That's been causing me kind of like anxiety and, you know, that feeling of hopelessness. You can't help someone, you know. Is it better yeah, than not knowing where he is? Because for a while you didn't know where he was. I'm, I don't know. Like, I guess I didn't even think about that. But like, when you don't know where he is, you can kind of lie to yourself and be like, "Oh, he's doing, yeah, he's doing great." Now it's like I'm thinking of him sitting in jail. You know, who knows what exactly he's in for? How what he's gonna do or you know punishment or if he's going to get out or i don't know it's just a crappy situation to be in so i just feel bad you so know what what are your parents where they're at with it and share as much as you want to um, uh, they, they don't know they don't they know don't, it's just you and no. your sister yeah okay my parents are very out of sight out of mind kind of people mm-hmm. like they've so done I, everything that they can yeah I mean, and like, you know, if we were to bring it up or whatever, my dad would just make some insensitive comment or something. And then, you know, and then my mom would probably just worry. So at this point, it's like, let's see if we can even communicate with him. Because we only found out because someone, I guess someone he knows messaged my sister. Gotcha. So now my sister's going to write to him to see if, you know, what she can find out or whatever. Dennis, so, what do you want to find out exactly what he's in for? I can help you with that. I know how to do that. Well, I mean, we can search on. We know he's in for petty theft, right? So maybe there's shoplifting or something. But it's his like, I guess his third time being arrested for petty theft in like this year or whatever in the last few months. So that's like a three strike type thing. Mm. Right. So I don't know what that means. You know, if it's like spend a weekend in jail or till you go to court and get a fine, or if that's like a year plus or whatever, I don't know what that means, you know? Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know. I took my dad to the airport. I think I mentioned that last week. I got to pick him up tomorrow. I hung out with Ray and Carmelo on Saturday, so that was nice. Um, I read Hawkeye, like the Hawkeye comic book from 2012, the 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 run that was uh, that the Disney Plus show Hawkeye is based off of. I read that whole series of comics, so that was cool. I enjoyed that. It was really it's different, but like the nice. art's really cool and stuff. 
Um, I watched a show that was just released on Netflix called Florida Man. And I'm sitting there watching it. And it's like a kind of like a crime drama comedy. Kind of has like Barry vibes from HBO. Um, But it's set in Florida and they make a lot of comments about, you know, the trope of Florida Man and stuff. And I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, yeah, I know someone like that. Yeah, I know someone like that. And I was like, damn, (laughs) it's it's pretty real. (laughs) Maybe there's some truth to that, like concept or archetype yeah but yeah how was y'all's weekend great grapes and oranges just delicious with a little tahini sauce everything was good i saw air yesterday uh with my and some friends and that was a good movie what is air oh it's about how Nike acquired. Oh, the Jordan. Jordan thing. Yeah, it brought Ben Affleck and Matt Damon back to stardom together as friends. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. I love that for them. Shut up, Dennis. Okay. Yeah, I I kept hearing that that movie is a vibe. Stop it, guys! And and my one of my buddies that's a bookie said that he would he would bet on it. <laughs> bet. Bet. It's, a, it's a different thing. Funny, it was the, a good movie. the whole the whole movie is about one giant bet, one leap of faith. Like every like Nike put all their chickens in one basket. Yeah, for Michael Jordan, and if he wouldn't have well, gone, what? then that would have been it. Wasn't originally like it was supposed to be Magic Johnson or something, but then Magic Johnson turned it down and went with like Reebok or something. And then so they went to Jordan and then the well, rest the is history. Three, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, they were all with Converse. Oh, it was Larry Bird. I'm thinking of maybe. Yeah. Converse was had 53% of the share back then. And then Adidas and then Nike had just a little bit. So because of the deal with Michael Jordan, and he was the first athlete to ask for residuals on every pair of shoes with his name on it, 1% of all sales. So because wow. of that, he makes $400 million a year just on that alone. Wow. Deal. And, that, and it, the movie showed that it was his mom who made the deal. And um, they make Nike makes over a billion just from the Nike, just from the Air Jordans a year. Something in the billions. That's do, a do, lot do. of money. A lot of money. Air Jordans. But um, yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm still um, I haven't planned my Boston trip yet, but um, I know I'm gonna be going to a graduation ceremony, and I'm gonna look on um, Google Earth and just go that I can walk around. <laughs> or you could just ask me. You could actually ask an actual human. But you don't have a Boston accent anymore. And I'll t- <laughs> Google yeah. Google Earth. Is it Google Earth? That's what it would be. Earth. Yeah. That Google. Google Earth. It's wicked awesome. See? See? So did, oh, did you oh. find out if you're going to be downtown or not? Oh, no. I'll find out. Let me ask today. Also... 
are you going to be in a mall today? So I, oh, oh, yeah, I like the transition. Yeah, for work, I'm hiding out in different malls every single day. Every day? Giving out, giving out tickets, yes, every day. So um, the short story is I, I gave this really dumb clue that made it really difficult to find me, and somebody found me in eight minutes. I told you that was going to happen. <laughs> Eight minutes. My boss was furious because we only had he, his plan was that we were going to have one pair of tickets and it would take all week. Eight minutes. They found me. Um, well, yeah, so, you got so, all of Orlando and then all it takes is one like, oh, I know where that is. Yeah. yeah. Or just yeah. happen to be there and walk past you and be like, oh, shit, I was just listening to you. Yeah, so whatever. Like tomorrow, it's a different time. They found another pair of tickets, and but this one will be it. So tomorrow's clues are really going to be like I'm going to place. Uh, I uh, well, it was it was like a riddle. It was a riddle that I put together that was trying to make it really, really challenging to find me. See if well, you wouldn't know because you don't know the area, but it was. I'm messing around at a way cool place where you could catch an epic movie and have an ultra good time. Does that wing a bell? Ultimate Disney Springs. So it was it was near the mall. If you're in Orlando, then you might know. Near the mall where there's an epic theater, like a movie theater, and there's an Ulta, there's a Home Goods, that's where a good time came in. There's a Buffalo Wild Wings and a Bell's Outlet. So that's where the uh, wing, a bell, was. The epic and theaters made it really easy, though. The movie and epic. So I was hiding out. I was hiding out behind the uh, theater, like on the backside yeah. of it. So, and they came around and found you right away? Eight minutes. What did they like say Slater Slater like that? Yeah, they yeah, they came right over. So it what was, mall were you at? My it was an outdoor shopping plaza that the movie theater was in. So I was hiding on the back side of it. And the clues were like of like a palm tree, and people are like, I'm right at that palm tree, even before I gave the other clue. So people are just they got nothing better to do, I guess, than win tickets. So tomorrow I'm going to do it again. And it is creepy. People knew what kind of car I drive, even though I don't talk about what kind of car. They were like, we were looking looking for your vehicle. And I'm like, how the heck would you know that? Were you in your vehicle? No, I, I, I figured that some crazy people would know what kind of car I drove. So I jumped in somebody else's car. <laughs> so I wasn't even in my car because I wanted to make sure. That it, it would make it more. T just people are people are crazy for uh, winning stuff, you know. Yeah. So that was bonkers that it only took eight minutes. Again, my boss wasn't pleased. But outside of that, that's what I've been focused on the last week is uh, just work and, you know, uh, not having any guilt um, when, you know, my uh, my daughter is being brought to school by somebody else. Um you know, I'm just trying to work to the best of my ability and make sure that the time away is well spent. Just like how James works all these shifts, you know, to provide for the boys. And I, I try to do the exact same thing. So that's uh, that was pretty much the last week. That was the big stuff. And I went to see the uh, Super Mario movie. 
not thinking that maybe the 3D would be too much for the kids. They said they really wanted to, and uh, uh, Becky's son was in tears because he was getting a headache from the 3D and wanted to see the movie. So I feel like I kind of failed there, but, uh, you know, we... Yeah, I don't know. We went to see a 3D movie, and I said, why don't we move over to the 2D theater? And he didn't want to because the headache was so bad. <laughs> so That sucks. Yeah. I tried. I asked him, I go, do you want to go to a 2D or a 3D? And they were all really excited about the 3D and then ended up not loving it. <laughs> I mean, if I had to pick, I'd pick 3D too. Yeah. But I don't, like, I don't get but I, I gave him the shot. Like, he already saw it in 2D. So I figured it would be something special. Olivia loved it. That was her first movie uh, theater experience besides seeing the nine-minute movie that uh, Dennis did a couple of years ago. So this was her first time. I think she might have been with her mom, but, like, she doesn't go to a lot of movies in the theater. So I was impressed, you know. Nice. So that's it. So, Dennis, you came up with the topic. Yeah. Will you get us started? Sure. Um, yeah, at the end of the podcast last week, you, uh, Mike asked, or Mike just stated that I was going to come up with the topic. Uh, so right after that, I did what any responsible alcoholic did, does. I completely forgot about it until he texted me a couple of days ago and asked for the topic. Um so I let my mind go blank. And the first thing that came to my mind was the power of stories for whatever reason. And then I thought about it and I was like, does that even apply? And then I was thinking like, Oh, it definitely applies. Right. Like, uh, AA and, and recovery programs, 12 step programs. That's basically what we, like what we do. We, we tell stories and it's our stories that we can illustrate, I guess, the lessons that we learned and where we were and where we come from. It's all told in, in stories that we share in the shares of meetings and on podcasts and stuff. Um, you know, I think, it, you know, kind of going away from the concept of recovery, but just stories in general, like, you know, the history of stories like predates the history of everything else in the world, you know, like they theorize that like as humans, we would like sit around in the campfires at night and stuff after a day of hunting and gathering and like tell stories. And that's how we portrayed information on where to go hunt and what to like stay away from and like, uh, all of that kind of stuff and how we interacted was, you know, and then and fast forward that evolved into, you know, the myths and legends of the paths and fast forward again into the religions and stuff like that. And it's like, as humans, like our whole existence is based off of stories. It's all the stories we tell each other um, in recovery in particular, like, you know, I remember whenever I was younger and I like a teenager, right? I had a lot of people from teachers to parents to, you know, authority figures and stuff that'd be like, don't do drugs. 
you know, don't do alcohol, you know, behave, mind the rules. And none of that penetrated my like thick skull or whatever. Right. Like I didn't listen to any of that. So like a direct, like telling me something never, ever worked. Um, but it's like stories that I would hear from movies and television and just people that have gone through stuff when they tell me their experience on what it was like, what happened and how it's like now, what they learned from that. For some reason, it penetrates. It makes me listen more, but then also like glean the moral lesson out of it or whatever, you know? And then like in, in recovery, you know, like, um, like with first time I read the book, right. And you go to the back of the book and it's all these stories of people. And I found me personally, that I find more information out of those stories. And then also in the main part of the book, when they talk about the stories about people and stuff versus just laying down, like, this is the number of steps you got to do. And you got to, you know, where it's more academic almost, um, I get the the story out of it. And then working with like sponsees and like going to rehabs and telling stories and stuff like that, you can see the effect more when you're talking about your story and your experience. And the listener tends to be more engaged and they when they talk to you after they pick out things that they can relate to or whatever and things they learned from it. Where if I was just to tell people like, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you should do this, it doesn't have that effect, you know? So it's like, it's like stories is all of it. It's the power of the program, I think, you know, obviously God, but even most religions tell their moral lessons through stories, you know? What do you guys think? Nice. I I think Dennis is wonderful. Oh, I'm just copying you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. why don't you be yourself, Dennis? Well, then I wouldn't be as wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You want to go next or you want me to, James? Oh, I'll, I'll listen to you first. Okay, so the uh, the stories of AA that I most resonate with are people that I don't need a whole drunk log, right? But I do like hearing that because sometimes there are some meetings, depending on which one you go to, which is your home group, whatever that looks like, where there's not alcohol brought up at all at once outside of the opening uh, conversations, like the the initial readings from whatever it is, if it's how it works or whatever. Um, and I'll just flat out say that I I think those if you go an entire meeting and there's not one share about uh, how it used to be, then you are not doing it right. If 60 minutes of the meeting, every share is just about how it is today, then that's, that's not correct. You know, that's, that doesn't show the experience uh, strength and hope, you know, and a three to five minute share could do and don't get me wrong. There are some shares where I just talk about today, but we're talking an entire meeting. If you're not thinking of that, the newcomer at all, 
especially because most meetings start with, hey, um, is there anybody in their first 30 days of sobriety or whatever? You know, so you know if there's somebody new. If there's somebody new and you're focusing on anything except step one, step two, or step three, like that's that was my home group the first year and a half. It was the Serenity group and the main focus was using step one, two, or three uh, and keeping it so fresh. Um, and I benefited so much from that. And still to today, when people talk about that and what they have learned and grown from. So not like, oh, my life's terrible, everything else, it's awful, but like an improvement that already has happened. Because if you can be honest, in the first month, there are things that do get better if you go to a meeting every day or actually start doing some work, you know, to knowing and accepting that being rigorously honest that there's a problem. Those stories saved my life. You know, the, the ones in, uh, you know, many of the, if you just YouTube AA speaker meeting, there's hundreds of messages that you can get and listen to and identify with immediately like that's what saved my life yes turning my you know will and my life over to the care of god that's it as well but without those stories i never would have found god you know i never would have thought anybody else is going through what i'm going through uh you know they're full of shit and this is never gonna work and you don't understand me you know yeah it might have been bad for you but it was way worse for me or yeah, I wasn't homeless, so I must not be an alcoholic because it wasn't that bad. Uh, you know, those stories are so important. And that's why I share, you know, the, the people that are in the meetings that think that, oh, what I have, nobody else, you know, nobody's going to get anything from it. You're dead wrong. You're dead wrong with that. So sorry to be so like uh, straightforward with it, Dennis. I didn't want to scare you, but. I Could think have used a little bit more metaphor in that story. Come on. Yeah. I'm I think kidding. it's, yeah, a little hogwashy, I would say. It's like washing a pig. Um, but that's what I got. Sure. James? Hogwash. You Thanks, know, the, James. <laughs> <laughs> the importance of stories is um, very, um, it's an interesting topic. Because, you know, when I first came to the rooms, when I was a newcomer, um, you know, sometimes I didn't go to a lot of speaker meetings at first. It wasn't until I was in rehab at 28. Actually, I was 27. I was about to be 28. And um, <clears throat> I was there for three months. And when I was in rehab, I heard uh, we had a lot of speaker meetings and it was a lot of drug addicts. And so you get a lot of NA meetings in there. And when you listen to an NA speaker story, it is just absolutely mesmerizing just to hear like the crap that some of these people went through. And now they're on the other side and they're talking about being clean and sober and God is working through their lives. Um, you know, there was a lot of at first like comparing, of course, like, ooh. God, thank goodness I was never that bad. But there was also like, oh, I felt that way. You know, I, I definitely. So to me, when I started hearing those, that was when I started getting like, oh, wow. You know, I've when I started identifying, I thought the stories 
were great. I I loved them. And um, the more dangerous and exotic the stories were, um, the the better I liked them because I just like it was like hearing from a first person point of view, you know what it was like, what happened, what it was like now. You know, being seven years sober now, years, decades away from that. You know, we started this podcast with people hearing people's stories, but you know, after maybe a half a year to a year of that, we quickly just decided to stick with ourselves because we're like, yeah, I don't want to hear anyone else's story, and uh, that was kind of co- of a common consensus. And um, I don't know, maybe we just get tired of hearing like a 45 minute story. Um, but I don't know, just for me, I, I like hearing just little snippets, like, you know, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. Five minutes is good. I don't know how many times I've heard Richard's stories. I can probably repeat to you every single one of Richard's stories. And, but because of the way he tells the stories, I love them every time. I think, being a storyteller is part of it you know there's some people when they they share i kind of cringe because it's the way they convey their message and it's just it's not my favorite way but it's i'm sure someone in that group has ears for that message you know we're not we're humans we don't like every story and the way every story is conveyed uh, we definitely have our favorites, but I do believe if our heart's in the right place and we're coming from a place of love and peace and we've truly been transformed by the program and the principles and we're working on a spiritual path, then I think that everyone has a great share. And I love that you said that we should keep it, you know, what happened or what it was like. And my favorite part of the stories are what happened, like what happened in your life to to create change was it the steps was it a spiritual experience was it a slow awakening and you know how we are today um, my shares today are you know pretty much based on what's happening in the day um, but i always sprinkle in um, what it was like and how i was back then and how it's different now so a lot of different aspects, but stories in general are amazing for, for newcomers. For me, it was absolutely essential. That's what got me to start identifying and keep me interested. Um, being at seven years, um, they're not my favorite speaker meetings, but I should probably go to more. We should probably put a few more speakers on here on our podcast, maybe once a month. I don't know. What do you guys think? Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, James. Yeah, I think if you want to head that up, I'd say go for it. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know if we made a a consensus of not having speakers on anymore. I think it just got really hard to find people. I I think I was looking for some some help only because I edit it and try to, to get to you guys as much as possible. So if you find anybody and you want to hear their story and you have FaceTime, all we can do is ask. That's what we're responsible for. You know, yeah. if, if they say no, and I know in the past, if we're being honest, there was a lot of, well, we want more female stories on, which I totally get. But I always was told the women stay with the women, the men with the men. So I, I don't 
usually not that I don't talk to the girls at the meetings, but I know that it is important for them to have time with talking to females. So I don't like interjecting after a meeting or before a meeting because that's just the way that I was taught. So that's why I don't have many females. The females we have in our circles are the ones that we've had on, you know, like those are the, the prime females that, that have had on. Right. Would you say that's true? Optimus prime. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's true somewhat, but I think like, you know, not all of our listeners are males probably either. So like a story is a story, you know, we're not going to go into fourth steps and fifth steps with uh, with females and stuff. But like a lot of the stories are universal, you know. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's why I don't I talk to them before or after the meeting, you know, so to go up to somebody and be like, hey, you know, I I have a podcast. You want to be on our podcast that. You know, you can help thousands and thousands of people. If they have time and sobriety, then that would be more appealing to somebody that is in the first couple of years. I mean, we have great friends that refuse to be on this podcast, and I don't understand it at all. But Dennis is usually the voice of reasoning because this is what I do to some extent for a living is in audio form, you know. So it's. Yeah, but yeah, but like I've said before. And what you just touched on is that it's not normal right, for people to like. Publicly what is the, what is the program? What does the know? program tell us? The program tells us anytime that's the re- responsibility statement. Anytime, anywhere uh, ask for help, you want the hand of AA to be there. And for that, you're responsible. So I take yeah. that as you're turning your back on the hand of AA. We're not making well, any money from this. This is to put out to help people that are struggling. And we've had people, I mean, uh, Mike, Mike F that ta- told his story, uh, like for a fact, just stumbled upon the, the podcast when he came to the meeting and celebration, listen to it. And he says that he, he gets a lot out of it and he's not even in celebration. So, and told yeah. his story before on here and jo- joined yeah. us. Um, so, I don't know. I, I find if people are uh, new to the program or even in the past that are listening, if you know someone that wants to share and hasn't been asked and they would like to, we're just trying to keep the message going. You know, that's it. Yeah. I think that's... Reach out, reach out to one of us and we'll get more people on for yeah. sure. Well, that's enough out of me. You guys want the final word? Yes. That's a nice word. That's a- <laughs> Give us a better. Well, I want a better word. Well, <laughs> what word is better than yes? I don't know. James, come up with a funny word. Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks. James. We'll be sure. back next Thursday <laughs> sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you in episode 188 with effective characters. Entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, what's the story, Morning Glory? We'll see you next time. <laughs>